Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I am your host, Doc G. Listeners, how are we doing? Mm. How are we doing for this Wednesday? Mm. I hope we're doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Yes. I'm a little antsy, though. A little antsy. You know, that's what happens in summer. You just want to hit the road, you know? That's a fact. I was thinking about doing the old I-10 trip, going from Jax to California, hitting everything in between. Mobile, Alabama, Houston, New Orleans, Tucson, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. All those places. You know, doing it. I probably won't. Let's be honest. Nope. Seems like a lot of effort. Probably won't actually get around to it. But I thought about it. And you know the reason I thought about it? Because saw an article from Wallet Hub this week. Now, Wallet Hub, we've mentioned on the show before. I don't know if you guys remember. Nope. We had uh we had some stupid ranking of of theirs, and they always have dumb rankings. They have rankings to get attention to their company, and once again, it worked. Girl, come on. You Wallet Hub, you got me. All right, you got me. Anyways, so this time they ranked the best states to live in. Sweet. They ranked the best states to live in. And, of course, I was like, all right, man, let's see where Florida is. It's got to be in the top ten. Wrong. Not in the top ten. What? I'll tell you where it is afterwards. Uh, but let's go let, Let's go through number uh, one through five, guys. We'll go through one through five. Uh, so they rank the best state to live off based off of safety, quality of life, education, and health, which... Let's be honest, those are some pretty good things to, to grade off of. Those would be pretty important things if you're going to live there. So true. Okay, so here we go. Number five. Number five, are you ready? Minnesota. Huh? Yeah. Minnesota. Nope. I don't know. Nope. I got I to gotta be honest. If Prince were still alive, I have a feeling even he wouldn't agree with that. I feel like he'd be like, yeah, it's a little bit high. I mean, we've got regular listeners in Anoka, and I feel like they'd be a little surprised. I feel like they'd be like, really? Top five? Fire State? I don't know. That's a fact. I mean, just me, guys, but the coldest temperature in Minnesota ever recorded, negative 60. Negative 60. Ew. I'm sorry, but at negative 60, my quality of life would be recorded as I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd be like, oh, my God, my... My quality of life is so high, I can't I can't go outside without my my eyeballs freezing. This is fantastic. Plus, I mean that goes right into health. Can't be that good. Your health can't be that good when your blood freezes. Nope. Like when you need antifreeze. Come on, come on. It's not good. Regardless, it's what Wallet Hub says. Put it on your board, guys. Number number five, Minnesota. Okay, number four. What do we got in number four? Idaho. Wait, what? Okay, so I don't want to use the same excuse, but it it's still a valid excuse. Uh, and I find it weird, but it's the exact same uh, record low temperature. Idaho has a record low of negative 60. Jeez. Negative 60. Again, think about that, how horrible that is. Think about how horrible freezing is, and then... Take away 92 degrees 
and think about how horrible that is because that is something I don't want to even imagine. No thank you. On top of that, what's weird about this state, Idaho, uh, is they don't even know where the name came from. Hmm. Well, they know where it came from, but they don't know why he called it that. So there's a politician, George Willing, uh, and he was like, hey, let's, let's call this place Idaho. It stands for Gem of the Mountains in Shoshone. Sweet. Everybody was like, cool. Cool, I like that. And then some folks that like knew Shoshone were like, nah, that's not what that means. Nope. And they went back to uh, George, and they were like, hey, so um, Shoshone said that's, that's not really what that is. And he was like, hmm, really? All right, well, maybe I just met a girl named Ida, and that inspired me. I don't know. What? Who cares, right? The name Idaho, pretty dope. And they just don't know. They, they don't know. They don't know where it came from. I mean, honestly, that doesn't bring down the state's livability. I just, I just find it funny. I find it funny that George was like, eh, let's call this place Idaho. Why? I don't know. Pretty cool, right? Rolls right off the tongue. Am I right? Cool. Nice. Okay. Number three. Uh, stating for the record, guys, number three, I think, is their best choice out of, uh, uh, out of all the top five here. I think this is the one that has the least to argue with, but... I don't even know if it'd make my own top five. Nope. Anyways, they're number three, New York. I can get behind that. It's got some nice scenery. It's got the biggest city in the U.S. You got the Adirondacks. They got Niagara Falls. They got some things. Yes. They got some nice, nice things. You know, I can't argue with it too much. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come down on their number three. Good job on number three, guys. I'll take it. Number two. Number two, Massachusetts. Word. Yeah. Yeah, Mass. Mass. I got I gotta ask though, with with Massachusetts, did they exclude Boston? Hmm. Like, I mean, I know plenty of Bostonites. And they've got all kinds of Boston pride. They're jazzed to be from Boston, but I think they'd tell you their quality of life. Eh. Yeah. Not that high. Nope. Not that high. Nope. Now, education, though, at least they got high education. I can see that. I can buy that. When you've got a one-two punch of, like, Harvard and MIT, that's pretty substantial. That, that's that's pretty high. That's about as high as you can get. I don't think any other city can, can back that up. So, on education alone, okay, I'll take you on that one. Mass has got you on education, number two. But uh, cold weather... And uh, quality of life. Eh. Nope. Anyways, number one. Are you ready? Are you ready for the number one state to live in? Here we go. Number one, New Jersey. Yeah. A follow up to that announcement. No. I mean, come on, right? New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Just, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, I've got several friends, again, New Jersey r residents, and they will be like, really? We're number one? I don't know. It seems a little bit high. Seems a little bit crazy. Like, they're, they're nobody's first choice. Let's be honest. That's not a first choice. That's not up there at number one. Nope. It's like, it's like who's going to choose Little Caesar's Pizza number one for their pizza? They're not. Nope. Right? But if they have to, if there's no other choice for pizza, then people will be like, all right, I guess we got to go Little Caesars. 
That's New Jersey. All right. Well, yes. if we got to live there. I guess we got to live there. Little Little Caesars. That's that's it. I'm just saying. And, and don't take me wrong, guys, because I'm not putting Virginia at the top of the list. I'm not putting Florida at the top of the list either. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Florida a lot higher than they did. But I'm just saying. That's I mean. Number one, let's not get crazy. I don't even know who I'd put number one, to be honest. Hmm. That's a hard thing to say, which state is the best. They all have their drawbacks. They all have their positives, you know? I'm just saying, I feel like the biggest thing that this list does not factor in is weather. I mean, maybe I'm biased because we're in the south of the south, but, like, you're telling me weather doesn't factor in at all? It's like, that's number one thing on my list. So true. If I'm going to move somewhere, the number one thing is, what's the weather like? And I'll tell you right now, every single one in their top five bumped out. None of those are making my top five because of the weather. Come on. I mean, you, how, how does that not factor in? The, the, first, the first state on their list with a semi-tolerable client isn't until number 12, and that's Virginia. And that's only a tolerable client. Come on. Come on. You're telling me nothing warmer than that? Tch, ridiculous. So true. Anyways, now that you guys are deciding which frigid icebox you would want to live in the most, are you ready to fire up this show? Let's do it. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Listeners, oh man, we have got a fantastic show today. We have super awesome uh, Colony House. Yes, band out of Nashville. Super great to talk to these guys. I'm going to be talking to uh, the lead singer, Caleb. We're going to talk about so many things. We're going to talk about growing up. Dad's a big uh, big time artist. Dad's won five Grammys. Jeez. Uh, toured around the world. Uh, you know, these guys have got to tour with some great uh, artists themselves. They got to be on all the big-time shows. They've been on Conan. They've been on Late Night. Been all over the place. Been on the Today Show. Excited to talk to uh, to Caleb. Can't wait. But first, you need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now, guys. This first one, uh, I keep on forgetting whenever I am riding solo here in the studio, I, I gotta I gotta judge these based off of what I think listeners can get. And I gotta be honest, I give you 100% on this one. I don't think there's any way that there's a listener out there that we don't have at least one listener that's like, oh, I know who that is. That's a fact. I know who that is. So I'm giving them 100%, okay? Okay, so this is gonna be a singing clue. Get ready. I'm gonna throw the pipes at you here. I'm going to throw the pipes at you. Born in Mechanicsville in Virginia, June 23rd, 1977. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm sure there's no need to complicate our time is short this is our fate i'm yours say what yeah yeah was that sweet nope. it wasn't it's fine i just felt like singing that was jason moraz yeah morazitaz it's his birthday he's turning 44 what 
Dude came out super hot 2002. I don't know if you remember that. He came out super hot. Uh, and then he had that real big first album. Then you didn't hear anything from him for like six years. And then all of a sudden he comes out with that song, I'm Yours, and boom, became super, super popular. That's a fact. Dude's been writing some tunes for a long time, man. Jason Mraz. And I had no idea he was from Mechanicsville. It's right down the road from me in Virginia. I know where Mechanicsville is. Yes! It's wild. Anyways, happy birthday, Jason Mraz. Shout Live it out. up, man. Live it up. Listeners, are you ready? It's time to rip some headlines. Here we go. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Uh, Let's start out with an important story out of South Carolina. Dirty Myrtle. Yeah. Yeah. Police responded to a residence about a physical domestic disturbance. Hmm. When they arrived, a 54-year-old man said that he and his girlfriend had gotten into the argument, and the argument turned physical. The police then asked, obviously, for the details. Here they are. They said, how long have you and your girlfriend dated? He said, two weeks. Were you guys living together? He said, yes, the entire time. Two weeks. What? What was the fight about? S'mores. Word. That's right. The granola marshmallow chocolatey treat. S'mores. Word. So, uh, the officers talked to the girlfriend. They talked to the boyfriend. They decided since the man had no bruises or marks to corroborate his claim, not enough to arrest anybody. So, they just said, hey, um... How about don't get in fights about s'mores anymore? That's pretty much it. Now, uh, listeners, I'm no relationship counselor, but first off, I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not, but maybe don't move in with your girlfriend immediately at the beginning of a relationship. So true. Maybe don't be like, hey, are we dating? Do you want to live with me right now? Let's hit it. Like, that's... That's... I mean, that's fully fully jumping in off the high dive into the deepest area of the pool. Like, that's going all the way. And I gotta say, it's a little bit too much. Second, if you're having fistfights about s'mores in the first two weeks, I don't know if your relationship's gonna go the distance. Nope. Probably not. You know, this probably isn't the one. Just saying. I mean, if you're having a fun, lively banter about s'mores, yeah, you probably you probably make that one work. Uh, if you're beating each other, probably not. Probably maybe look for somebody else. I'm just saying. You know, there's plenty of fish in the dirty Myrtle Sea, buddy. Just go for it. Go for it. Find another. That one's not going to work. Uh, listeners... Have you guys ever got mad when you go to a restaurant and they get your order wrong? Hmm. It's it's frustrating, man. I understand. It is a frustrating thing. A lot of times it's the small things, you know, that make the big difference. Missing hot sauce, the ketchup. Blam. You look in there later and you're like, ow, oh, son of a Are you kidding me? Where is my ketchup? And you're just you're losing it, you know? And I I get mad. I get mad in my head. Like I, I can, I can truthfully say I've never actually been mean to a person working at a restaurant. Nope. It's always in my head that I'm cursing them out. Yes. You know, because I just like they don't deserve this. Not really their fault. Like I just, I can't do it. 
I can't do it. This guy in this next story, he cannot say that. He has definitely took it too far. I'll tell you how he took it too far. So down in Miami Gardens, dude was going through the drive-thru at Starbucks. He uh, realized they forgot his cream cheese for his bagel. Mm. At which point, uh, he started screaming at the employee. She then said, did you pay for cream cheese? Uh, to which the man responded by screaming louder and pulling out a handgun. Wait, what? Uh, at this point, of course, the employee chose not to get shot in the face and decided, you know what? Not important if you paid for the cream cheese and gave it to him and he drove off. Now, obviously, after something like this, the police would be on the lookout for this dude. Uh, but uh, unluckily for this guy, they were even more keyed in on him because uh, the employee that he pulled the gun out on just happened to be the police chief's daughter. Jeez. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Bad luck for that guy. Bad luck. Now, it didn't take long for the cops to track down the fella, uh, and when they filled out the police report and charged him with several things, they charged him with a agri aggravated assault with a gun. Uh, in the police report, the man says he grabbed the gun and put it in the air because it was falling out of his pocket. Not because he was threatening the employee. Mm. Word. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anybody's buying that. Nope. I, I, I don't. I don't. No. No. Oh, my gun. Oh, in the air. Nobody does that. If it's falling out of your pocket, you either put it back in your pocket or you put it, like, in the seat beside it. You don't put it into the air and then start yelling flagrantly like a cowboy trying to corral his cows. That's not going to happen. And, I, you know, after reading this story, I got to say, I think this should be a question before you buy a gun. You know, they always talk about the new gun safety laws. This should be a hypothetical question. Hmm. Every time somebody buys a gun and they come in the store, the owner should be like, all right, let's say you were buying a bagel and they forgot your cream cheese. Uh, would you pull out your gun to threaten them into giving them your cream cheese? Yes. Okay, I don't I don't think gun ownership is right for you. Sorry. Right? Like how good would that I think that should be. I think that should be a question. I'm just saying. Who does that? It's cream cheese, man. It's cream cheese and all you got to do is just say, "Hey man, cream cheese. Thanks. Appreciate." It. That's it. That's it. That's it. Didn't do that. Uh, listeners, how many B&Bs have you stayed in? For me, uh, zero. That's a fact. Gotta be honest. I don't like the side hustle crowdsource operation things. Nope. The, the whole Uber, the whole, uh, uh, just, no, no. I, I would rather go to a hotel. I'd rather get a taxi. Like, I know those folks uh, that's what they're in the game for. That's all they do, and I'm cool with that. Anyways, uh, the folks in this next story, they they probably agree with me now. They didn't agree with me at the start of the story. So Scott Mulkey from uh, North Georgia, he was planning a trip to the Florida Keys for his Boy Scout troop hmm. for the last year. He said... 
it's it's more of a once in a lifetime sort of thing that most of the scouts do. It's just a good time for us to make some memories with our scouts while we can. So they apparently booked an Airbnb on Big Pine Key. Uh, Scott said when they showed up, all they found were mangroves and an empty lot. Oh, oh, man. And you should have seen this, Elizabeth. There's all kinds of great pictures of this really classy-looking house. And only, just imagine the disappointment. You show up, and it's just a field. Oh, no. Wham. Airbnb said, this type of situation is extremely rare, but when it happens, we take action to protect the integrity of our platform. To that end, these listings have been removed. Okay. So a couple things here, uh, listeners. First, I mean, you know, maybe this is just me thinking too much into it, but aren't Boy Scouts supposed to be able to, like, camp? That's right. And live off the land? Like, isn't that what they're... they're supposed to be doing like it doesn't seem like a real extreme nature and fishing trip when you're staying in a posh airbnb or you thought you were going to stay in a posh airbnb hey you want to go fishing i i don't know there's some reruns on card shark here we're just finishing up a pizza a flatbreader in the oven like come on we really seem too naturey second i can't help uh, but think this way, and it's it's probably thanks to the 95,000 sexual abuse claims. That's not an exaggeration. It's actually 95,000. Jeez. Uh, but doesn't it seem a little creepy? Just this dude getting in an Airbnb for him and his troop? Hmm. Like, I mean, I hey, I don't know Scott at all, and I'm not saying that that would happen. It just seems a little bit weird. Like, hey... In the sweet Airbnb, see what happens. Make some memory. I'm just saying it was a little weird. That's all. That's all. Anyways, listeners, um, next here on the uh, on, on the on the uh, news here, uh, this is a little tip from the show to me to you. When reporting a crime to authorities, try not to be actively committing a crime while reporting said crime. You know, it's just, it's just a good tip. It's just a good tip. When you're reporting a crime, make sure you're not actively involved in another crime. It's a bad look, and sometimes it can get you into a little trouble. And apparently Odell Smith n- not not picking up on that advice. Because Odell Smith, he's from uh, Killeen, Texas, and he went up to the North Annex Police Station to file a police report against a lady friend of his. Apparently he had some uh, issues with this lady. And when he was uh, filling out the report, the police officer noticed that there appeared to be a large bag of marijuana hanging from Odell's pants. What? Officer noticed that Odell was also wearing an ankle monitor. So the officer asked him uh, what he was wearing the monitor for, and he said, a drug charge. And the officer searched him and found multiple bags of drugs and... $7,500 in cash. Jeez. So he's arrested on more drug charges and they uh, set his bell at $40,000. I gotta ask, like, what was he thinking here? Like, did he think there was like an immunity thing? 
Like once he gets charged with drugs, he can't be charged again until that whole charge is complete. Like once you get out in dodgeball, you can't get out again until you get back in the game. Is that what he thought? So he was like, yeah, I can carry drugs. No big deal. And second, like, why wouldn't you just take them out of your pants before leaving the house? Hmm. What are you using those for? Like, if you're planning on take some, take some before you go out of the house and then leave them at your house. Like, was he planning on making cells on his way back from the police station? Like, all right, to do today, get my lady friend arrested and then make some drug charges. Well, and just uh, two birds in the hand. Here we go. Off to the uh, police station and then sell some drugs. Like, come on. Come on. Ah, jeez, I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, listeners, have you ever rented something from U-Haul? Hmm. Now, uh, if the answer is yes, which the answer for me is yes, did you ever feel the hankering after you rented from U-Haul to steal the product you rented? Hmm. Now, the answer for me on that one is no. There's never been a time that I've rented a U-Haul truck and been like... That was a nice truck. I need, I need one. Exactly. Like, as a matter of fact, I need this one. Yes! This is the one I need. Apparently, the guy in the story did. Uh, Austin. Austin of Blossville, New York. So, uh, Austin rented a U-Haul van in Florida. He drove it up to New York this past March. But once he got to New York, instead of returning the U-Haul van, apparently Austin... Thought it was such a sweet van. You just keep it. Word. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, how are you going to cover up a U-Haul van? They're sort of hard to disguise. They're sort of covered with U-Haul, and they're very bright. Don't worry. Austin thought of that. He painted it with black spray paint. There you go. Put a little black spray paint on it. He did it. He did it really half too. He just sort of sprayed over. He didn't spray over. There's still U-Haul visibly on the van. Girl, come on! And so uh, the cops got called to Austin's property, and they for another thing. They're not they're not searching for the van, but one of the officers like look over and they just see this van with U-Haul sticking on it. Like, huh? Probably, probably that. That U-Haul that people reported would be my guess. Uh, Austin was arrested for criminal possession of stolen property, criminal mischief, grand larceny. Police estimated that it will take $10,000 to fix his paint job and about $1,000 to replace the catalytic converter that Austin took off. Hmm. So I got a lot of questions for Austin. I mean, first, how did you think the police wouldn't find this van like how are they not going to find it you rented it they have all of your information it still has the serial number on it it says u-haul like that's like stealing a tiger from the zoo and putting on a collar on the tiger and being like all right cops will never realize that's the same tiger one they're looking for doesn't have a collar so we should be good what no wrong wrong which i've got to say that would have been a more worthwhile endeavor than the van if you know austin's still looking for something dumb to do i mean 
stealing a tiger. That'd be that'd be yes. cooler. Second, unless you work at a Goodwill or you're a child molester, what? How many times has a person ever said, "Man, if I only had a big juicy van"? <laughs> like the answer is zero for most normal folks. Like no one needs a van. What are you doing with that van, Austin? Come on, man. Come on. Anyways, guys, we are going to take a break. We will be right back. We are going to hear from our guests. This is Colony House right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done so already, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get on a platform uh, that serves podcasts. That's a fact. A podcast distribution platform is what you need to do. And you need to go on that, and you need to subscribe to the Doc G Show. We're on all kinds of these podcast distribution platforms. We are on Verbal. We are on SoundCloud. We are on TuneIn. We are on Mirin. We are on uh, Apple. We are on whatever you need us to be on. And let me tell you something, listeners. When you download our show and subscribe to our show, uh, you won't regret it. Nope. Yeah. Actually, I can't promise that. You may regret it. Mm. It depends on who you are. Our show's not for everybody. I get it. Nope. But for a lot of people, you won't regret it, okay? Mm. Maybe not a lot. Nope. Most people won't regret Some. There will be some people that won't regret it. I can I can tell you that. That's right. Because I downloaded it, and I don't regret it. So there you go. There you go. Take that, guys. And along with that, we need to we need to shout out the regulars that are always listening. So you know what? I'm going to do it one breath. Here we go. <gasps> shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, San Diego, California, Katy, Texas, Anoka, Minnesota, Peoria, Illinois, Ashburn, Virginia, Jittawa, Italy, Columbus, Georgia, Dublin, Ireland, Barcelona, Spain, Tusca, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Boardman, Oregon, Arizona. Shout out. There we go. There we go. Thank you for all the listens, guys. We appreciate it. Let's do a little international. So here we go, international style. Shout out to Romania, United Kingdom, Canada, Brazil, Maldives, Spain, Vanuatu, Poland, Ireland, Australia, Philippines, Guatemala, Russia, Mexico, Egypt, and Japan. There we go. International shout outs. Thank you guys for listening. Keep on listening anytime you get a chance. We totally appreciate it. Uh, I've got one other story here that I wanted to to mention real quick. Well, yeah, mm, let's let's do two. First of all, I got I got to mention this story. I think some of you probably saw this one in the news, and I got to mention it just on like the ridiculousness of the. It's a horrible, a horrible story. So true. But it's just I, the the just insanity. So. A guy in Tampa is charged with killing his girlfriend, daughter, and trying to kill his son back in 2018. Uh, the the girlfriend is dead. The daughter is dead. The son is alive. Managed to survive this crime. Now, they're actually having the trial for these crimes now. And the guy decided to represent himself in court. Hmm... He murdered two people, or accused of murdering two people, and tried to kill his own son, and he's representing himself in court. And I'm not making this up. Last week, he cross-examined his son. The son, he apparently tried to murder. And this this is recorded. This is a recorded trial. And this is exactly verbatim. The guy says, to the son, quote, did I hurt you the night of the incident? And the son, who was on in the hearing virtually, he was at a child victim resource center, said, yes, 
You stabbed me. The end. Like, what? What did this dude think he was going to say? Like, what kind of idea was I going to cross-examine this? This is going to turn... Yes, you stab... I'm going to say that's some damning evidence. So true. When the dude has clearly been stabbed, and he says, yeah, you're the one that stabbed me. Um, hmm. Hmm. Isn't there a place right after that where the judge can be like, okay, I think we can wrap this up. I think we're about done here. Like, that's... It's insane. It is such an insane trial. Just in everything about it. That's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous and much less dangerous, uh, well, sort of, it's still dangerous. Listeners know that Australia scares the crap out of me for multiple reasons. So true. Most of the reasons that it scares me is the frightening animals that can murder you. There's a lot of them. And uh, I got to say, some of the animals... They can't murder you, but they still look gross, you know? And I think we've had a couple of stories about huntsman spiders. They're not they're not gross. Or, or sorry, they're definitely gross, but they're they're not deadly, right? They're just giant spiders that I don't want any part of nope. at all. And I, when I mean giant, I'm talking giant. Like they can get up to a foot across. Ew. Not an exaggeration. A foot. No thank you. No, thank you. So, uh, this story involving one of those gross animals, uh, a single propeller plane, small single propeller plane, was landing in a little airfield in the Northern Territory of Australia. Now, a little uh, background info on this plane. Apparently, when they were getting this, uh, this plane ready for flight at the airport, some of the workers that were working on it noticed this large huntsman spider crawling around in the plane a week earlier. And, uh, you know, they were like, oh, I'm sure it'll get out of here. Who cares, right? Because, like, apparently that's a big thing in Australia. They just act like these giant spiders are, you know, squirrels. What? They're like, oh, psh, huntsman. There it is. Crazy little fella, right? So... Uh, apparently this spider did not leave the plane. It was still on the plane. Uh, and as they're landing, plane was carrying Sean Hancock and, uh, Sean Hancock and his wife who had rented the plane to go on a Northern Territory getaway. Sean was taking the time to actually video the landing. Like he was having a good time just taking in everything there. And he notices when they're landing... He looks over at the, the window visor of the plane, and there's the giant spider. It's over six inches across, and it's just sitting on the window. Ew. And Sean says, I saw the spider, and I just started laughing because I knew it was just a huntsman, a harmless huntsman. Mm. And then when they hit the runway, the spider drops from the window and lands on the pilot's lap. Jeez. And Sean said, he's panicking, trying to brush it off of his leg. He wasn't a fan. He wasn't a fan at all. Yeah. Yeah, Sean. 
I can tell you right now, listeners, if that was me, that plane would have crashed. That's a fact. If that massive thing drops in my lap, I am not successfully bringing that plane to a halt. Nope. I am freaking out. Yes! It's a good thing there's not just like a straight up steering wheel on that thing. Because if there was just a steer, I would have swerved that thing right off the runway. We would have been in a bunch of trees. Like, are you a six inch, six inch? Six-inch spider just drops on your lap. And then this guy's like, Psh, knew they're harmless. Yeah, but it's gross. That's a fact. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's that's what happens in Australia, guys. It's going down in Australia, just to let you know. Anyways, guys, are you ready for your second birthday suit? Now, this one is probably the hardest uh, birthday suit that we've had in a really long time. This one's gonna this is gonna teach uh, if there's any computer scientists out there, uh, I'm giving you um, percentage on this one, and that's what that's why I'm giving this one still 25. percent There's a quarter chance. I know there's got to be one of our listeners that knows this without looking it up. So here we go. Born on June 23rd, 1912, in London, England, a birthday suit wearer showed signs of being extremely intelligent at a young age. But a lot of his teachers were concerned because he seemed to only excel at science and math. Hmm. Before the age of 16, he had already mastered calculus. Ultimately, he decided to study at the University of Cambridge. One of his first papers that he published on computable numbers with an application to Einstein's problem, it's considered one of the most influential math papers in history. That's right. And definitely one of the most important in all of computer science. So true. During World War II, our birthday suit's genius in mathematics was used to break German codes made by the Enigma coding machine. Much of his work on the Nazi code saved the world. In 1948, he worked on software for one of the earliest stored uh, program computers, the Manchester Mark I. Two years later, he addressed artificial intelligence in a landmark paper. In 1951, he turned to mathematical biology with his paper, The Chemical Basis of Morphogenesis. Even though the paper was written before DNA was discovered, his theories partially explained things like the spots on cat's fur. The growth of feathers, the branching pattern of lungs, many other things can be explained in this paper. Sadly, despite all the great and genius breakthroughs of our birthday suit wearer, he was arrested in 1952 solely for the purpose of being gay. He was charged with gross indecency. He lost his government security uh, clearance, and the government forced him to take estrogen injections. Sadly... Two years later, our birthday suit wearer died of cyanide poisoning. It's still unclear if this was a suicide, if this was accidental. How did he get poisoned with cyanide? It's still not clear. Uh, name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Yes, one of the fathers of computer science right there. Did some insane work when it comes to to computer science just amazing just so ahead of his time for the 40s and 50s the things that he came up with super super impressive get a chance check it out also extremely extremely sad that he was arrested for just his sexuality 
so so ridiculous. Uh, England has actually gone on the record. They they after his death, it took a very long time. I think it was 2014 or 2012 that they eventually got to it. But they they pardoned him obviously after his death and they apologized for it and they they also pardoned many others who had been arrested for the same thing but uh nonetheless his brilliance still all around the world today alan turing would be uh would be 109 if he were still alive that'd be a crazy long life but there you go happy birthday alan turing guys we are going to take a break we are going to be back with the one the only Caleb from Colony House, right here on the Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super excited to welcome lead singer of Colony House, Caleb Chapman. Caleb, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So it's it's been a weird last 16 months for everybody, but uh, very exciting news for you guys. You just released the dates for, for a big old tour, Back Before You Know yep. It tour. How uh, how excited are you for finally putting some some dates out there, some real tour dates? Oh man, yeah, it feels so good. I think we're uh, we're just in the same boat as everyone else. Um, just like excited for some kind of normalcy. It feel it it feels strangely normal to announce a tour again. The only thing that doesn't feel normal is like, oh man, I forget when I'm supposed to like be calling the person that's gonna run our lights and run our sound and and like i forget how much leeway i got to give all those people you know but um it feels like it does kind of feel like riding a bike where it's like oh yeah this is what we do this feel this should feel normal this is our job so um the normalcy is what feels exciting to me kind of it's like yeah we're doing what we're supposed to be doing now well, that I was I was gonna ask about that. Like, are you nervous that you might not like remember how to do it? Because is this your first like live? I mean, I know you guys did the uh, looking f- uh, for some light drive-in shows there back in October, but is this like the first real live shows you've done? Uh, pretty much. We we've done a couple like real random things here and there but this will be like the first thing that feels like kind of back in the swing of of things back in in our kind of normal normal world so i'm i don't know i'm excited for the like if anything it'll just feel like you know like we haven't done it before and so those nerves and all that you know kind of anticipation that's kind of that's kind of what we're trying to always recapture anyways so for sure. awesome we'll take it yeah i was thinking of that because like you know I, I i came to the realization just the other day thanks to the pandemic that i like forgot how to interact with people in person 
Like, mm. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I think we've all been I'm there. fine on the radio, but, like, I had a meeting in the office with folks person to person. And, like, I, I didn't. I, I had, the, like, this weird inner monologue going on the whole time. Like, are you acting normal? Do people think you're acting normal right now? <laughs> are you leaning back in your chair too far? Set up straight. Like, I, it was just, it was really <laughs> weird. And I came out of the meeting being like, I really was overthinking that way too much. Man, that's what happens when you don't talk to people for like 16 months. Oh, man. It's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, so hopefully, I mean, on stage, it'll be a different story. That's a different story. We'll see. <laughs> well, anyways, listeners, don't worry. When they come back, in on their tour in our home state here in Florida, uh, you guys have a ton of dates. Yeah. So you've got uh, September 17th here in Jacksonville, September 18th in West Palm Beach, September 19th in Orlando, September 21st in Tampa, September 22nd in Pensacola. So I'm, I'm guessing uh, Florida's been pretty good to you guys in the past. Well, actually, I think... I think we just haven't played in Florida. We feel bad. We're like, you know what? We always <laughs> seem to we always seem to kind of uh, rob Florida. Um, so uh, so we're actually I, I don't know. Maybe we're just playing catch up. We'll see. There's usually uh, a conversation. It's like, why are we playing five shows in Florida? It's not that big. I mean, it's not a small state, but it's not Texas. Um, so, but but. Uh, why not, man? I mean, we're we're coming back. We might as well give it give it everything we got. Yeah, you guys. I mean, you you take the tour around the state. You go down the East Coast. You come up the West Coast. You go by the Panhandle, man. It's uh, it's right, man. We're just trying to get our as much Florida as we can. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, I have an important question on touring because I saw this in an old interview. You guys talking about your love of Taco Bell. Yes. Will there? Will there be stops at this classy establishment on the upcoming tour? Yes, without a doubt. Now, I will say yes. we have made our way from our van um, onto a bus, which the bus mm. definitely, that that minimizes our Taco Bell experience. When you're in a van, mm. it feels like it's easier to make those poor decisions because you're behind the wheel. Um <laughs> And so uh, sometimes it feels like all you can do to stay awake or survive is to go grab yourself some Taco Bell. But uh, no doubt about it, when you're on the road, sometimes you just need to ring the bell, as they say. I hear you. Go, go, go south of the border. Indeed. I know. I know. It's Although I can see how, like you said, it would be a little bit, I don't know, just... Uh, sort of depressing in a way to have to go up to the driver and be like hey next taco bell yeah we're gonna stop yeah it's gonna happen it just takes what? yeah <laughs> yeah it's like you know you really gotta you really gotta want it there's a little bit of pride you have to swallow <laughs> uh a little buyer's remorse when you pull into the taco bell like oh this is happening no yeah no yeah no this doubt. is happening here we go let's <laughs> hey it's all good. That's right. Taco Bell, if you want to endorse our show, go for it. We love you. Oh, yeah. Actually, we were just talking about on the show uh, two weeks ago, 
we we need to get a sponsor from Burger King because they originally started in Jacksonville. So we got to rep the home team. Yeah, for sure, so, for sure. You can't uh, be can't be throwing out that Taco Bell name. To be honest, I haven't had Burger King and I don't know how long. So <laughs> so I'm sorry, Burger King. I haven't had you in a while. Um, but now Taco Bell on the road. But what what about at home? You you've uh, you've been in Franklin, Tennessee, basically your whole life. Yes, sir. Um, now, if I come up to Franklin and I say, Caleb, I'm in Franklin, where should I eat? I've got one night. What's your number one for Franklin? Oh, man. I actually discovered this recently. Uh, I was taking my wife out on a date, and there's this little mm-hmm. town uh, that uh, is in kind of in the greater Franklin area called Leaper's Fork, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is a... A restaurant there called 1892, and it's a, it's mm. like it's 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 definitely like a date night type restaurant, but super mm-hmm. homey, super Franklin, Tennessee, like feels very local, and it is delicious. It is like our favorite spot. I mean, we can't go. Uh, it's it's not got the Taco Bell prices, but uh, <laughs> it definitely it is a it. If you had one night here. And you were willing to, it, I mean, it's not outrageous, but willing to, you know, treat yourself a little bit, then I would I would highly yeah. recommend this place. Nice. Now, I, the producer is going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, now Bishop Gunn was on the show at the very start of last year, and most of their band at that time was in Leaper's Fork. Okay. And I do believe they recommended 1892 to us. I'm wow. pretty positive. It's, I think that was it. There's not a lot there. So it, it there it, if it wasn't that, there was about two other restaurants that they could have recommended. <laughs> so, yes, 1892. Well, now, I mean, I don't know, honestly, if... I mean, we've got some chain restaurants that we've had recommended twice, but I don't know if I've had a... If we've had a, a, a actual local restaurant recommended twice, nope. I think we're gonna have to hit up eighteen ninety two for, for sure. sure. Yeah, gonna have to, gonna have to happen. Well, now, right before the uh, dates on your actual tour start, you guys are gonna be playing Bonnaroo on Sunday, uh, September fifth. Yes, sir. That's that's got to be exciting. Super it's uh, exciting. Manchester, Tennessee. It's yeah. essentially a homecoming show, right? Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's probably. 45 minutes away from our home uh yeah so it feels like that i've only attended as a spectator uh i've not our band has never played bonnaroo and so it does feel like a an arrival of sorts so we're we are like for it to be like the first show back feels like pretty majestic a lot of just downhill from there kind of stuff but uh but it will be awesome now, what, what's the biggest what's the biggest festival you guys have played to to this point? Well, we've done some like kindred kindred festivals like uh, Firefly up in up in uh, mm. Delaware, or I think maybe is that that's where that is. Uh, yeah, and then we've done like ACL and Hangout and Lollapalooza. Um, oh yeah, so some of those very very similar vibes. Yeah. Yeah, which are they're just so fun. I mean, it, for us, we we haven't been burnt out on them yet. I guess some people hate festivals. For us, we're like we're just getting paid to go see our favorite bands. That's all. Like, that's what we get to do. We get paid to see our favorite yeah. bands, and we get a backstage pass to it. 
Pretty cool. Now, now I, I was talking to the guys in Missio uh, about a month ago, and I, we were talking about festivals, and I was telling them, you know, from, from, a, from a, a fan's perspective, it's like you said. It's like, oh, awesome. We get to watch all these bands. But I was thinking I was trying to put myself if I was the artist, and I would just be freaking out if I were one of you guys. So true. Because of how, like, little prep time, and it seems like they just sort of throw you guys on the stage and are like go and yeah. you don't know where your gear is you don't know what things are going on you're just like where what huh yeah. like is it a little chaotic <laughs> oh yeah oh that you ha if you don't embrace the chaos then yeah you'll hate it for sure but uh most of our career feels like it's it's spent in like this like kind of in between uh chaos uh thing <laughs> like if you can't embrace that um I don't know. It, it it would be miserable. So, I think we're pretty good. I mean, we've the most stressed out I've ever been on stage or right before a show. Absolutely at a festival. You know, just mm. like mm. because you're right. I mean, there was one festival that we played where Arcade Fire was the headliner, uh, and we were the first band on that stage. But their sound check lasted so long that it put our actual slot an hour behind um and then <laughs> and then by the time we were supposed to be playing all of our gear wasn't working because they hadn't changed over from you know arcade fire stuff so it was like and we have no leverage at that point it can't be like hey you need to make yeah. sure the opening band is taken care of too arcade mr arcade fire people that's <laughs> just like no you just get you just get stepped on um and that's a bummer but <laughs> Uh, you know, they, what are they, rite of passage, I, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got, uh, let's see. So on your day, you got Tyler, create, uh, Tyler, the creator and Lana Del Rey, uh, no offense to them, but uh, I'd be more of the headliners on Friday. there, Foo Fighters and Megan the Stallion. That's I'd, Sweet. I'd hit up, hit up that one, but you've got a, you got a couple of our, our former guests there going with you. I see, I see Andy Frasco on, on the first day. Nice. Shout out to Andy. Shout out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean. It's pretty. I mean, it's insane. All the acts at at those festivals, the people they bring in, it's just crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so many so many good acts. I mean, that's another thing. Like even as a fan, I just don't like. God, it's like I feel like I get attention deficit disorder just right. from just like what what's going. Especially yeah. the ones with like so many stages because it's oh, just yeah. like, what where, where should I be? Right. I don't know. Like right. just tell oh, me. Totally, man. <laughs> Well, like I said, you guys, uh, you guys grew up not too far from there uh, in Franklin. Uh, like you said, probably about forty-five minutes. Now, the core uh, of the band, not to exclude Scott and Park, but yep. the the core of the band is you and your brother. And yep. I've heard you talk about music in your family before, uh, and it, it runs really deep. Your your granddad runs uh, Chapman Music. That's right. Uh, in in Kentucky, uh, and your dad is a, a huge musician. Millions of albums sold, uh, five Grammys. Yes! Uh, I'm guessing you probably don't even remember like finding music. I'm guessing <laughs> it's like always been there, hasn't oh, it? Absolutely, that's exactly how it feels. Nice. Now, was uh, obviously your dad's side of the family huge into music does your does your mom play music no uh 
but oddly enough, so my mom's last name is also Chapman, her maiden name. Uh, it's not as hmm. weird as it sounds. That's how they met because they were at college and shared a mailbox because they had the same last name. Um, <laughs> so her brother, this is this gets whack. So her brother, who is a Chapman, was in a mm-hmm. country band um, called Forerunner a long time mm-hmm. ago, and then also was in a band with my <laughs> with my dad's brother who was also a Chapman, and they were called the Chapman Brothers. <laughs> so, mm. so it's crazy because we all, now we are, we're, uh, my mom's side's from Ohio, my dad's side's from Kentucky, but a lot of us are all in Tennessee now. Um, so growing yeah. up, I was super confused. I was like, so who is who? Who's related to who? Because our cousins would hang out with our other cousins. I always, it sounds way more Tennessee than it is. But uh, I was about to say, I feel like there were a lot of jokes made at yeah. a, a younger age. Absolutely, I didn't know. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how weird it sounded until, yeah, my my later. I felt like I didn't have to justify it when I was young and ignorant. Now I'm like, <laughs> guys, don't worry. Trust me, it's all good. I've done my ancestry.com work. We're all clear. It's far enough separated. That's it's right. Far, that was. That was actually last week on the show. We had a story about I I was I was going through the news and they had this story on the Friends reunion where yeah. they said that M- Monica and Chandler in real life, Matthew Perry and, and Courtney Cox are eleventh cousins. <laughs> that is and, insane. And and I was like eleventh? Huh? You got to go back ten great generations to to i was like i feel like isn't that like half the country by the time yeah. you get there like yeah and that's seems, some kevin bacon i was We're like all... i got it's like maybe like fourth or, or third or fifth but like 11th yeah you're getting you're starting to get biblical there you're gonna get back far enough you'll be like well yeah that that fills everybody yes yes, yes. <laughs> well uh i'm guessing you know with that music in your background, I'm guessing your dad was your your sort of first inspiration to be a musician. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Still, I mean, honestly, still, he he's like our number one fan and number one kind of, uh, like, he's our, our person we send stuff to first, where it's like, let's get a gauge from dad if this has any legs or if this is any good. And if we see his eyes nice. light up, then we're like, oh, this, this must have something because... He knows, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you did you learn guitar from him or from your granddad or both? Um. Well, I suppose both because my dad learned from my granddad. But yeah, I, I was I was yeah. taught from from my dad. Pri- primarily, yeah, just kind of him leaning over my shoulder and showing me how to play chords better. Uh, and then <laughs> he'd kind of let me run with it. It was definitely not like an overbearing. You know, it was like if you want to do this, you do it, and I'll help you be better if you want. But you don't have to. Nice. Uh, and that's, I guess, what kept it fun. You know. Um, and, yeah. And I took a few lessons here and there, but I always wanted to. Whenever I started practicing guitar, I started. I just wanted to write songs. So eventually, that kind of mm. that just was a tool for me to to write songs. You know. For sure. For sure. Now, who were who were some of the first musical inspirations outside of your dad? 
Oh man. Well, you know, his whole his kind of uh that like early 90s Christian music scene was obviously huge be- just because that's what we were steeped in with dad being where yeah. he was. But I remember a great early memory of like my dad was referencing uh you know Michael Jackson's Beat It and mm-hmm. and me and Will were kind of giving him the blank stare and it was just me and Will and my dad we were driving up to Kentucky actually to I guess visit mm-hmm. family and he was like wait do you not know who Michael Jackson is and you know we were, <laughs> I mean we were very young and we were like yeah uh no and he was like you do you not know who Eddie Van Halen is and we were like, no. <laughs> and he was like, I have failed you as a father. So he literally pulled in to like Target or Walmart or something and bought the best of Michael Jackson on CD and then the best of Van Halen. Uh, and nice. We, and that was like, that was definitely an introduction into like just mega pop star slash mega rock music, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even still, like those have been huge influences like as funny as it sounds they just were i mean they the songs were massive so um oh yeah so those were some some super early fun memories and then dad was always like uh his his huge influences were like glenn campbell um nice and kind of that world so that was that was kind of always around as well you know for sure I uh yeah I you, when you said that as far as the the beat it I immediately thought of Billie Eilish when she was on I forget I think it was I th- I think it was Steve no it was one of the late night shows and she didn't know who Van Halen was right uh and and you know every I I was I mean obviously like you said you guys were really young. She was 17, and I was like, you're 17, and you're this popular in music, and you don't know who Eddie Van Halen is? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah. you need somebody needs to tell you that one before you before you come on stage. Come on. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Now, now you guys, you guys got to tour uh, with one. I heard, as far as, like, inspirations, I heard, you know, Switchfoot. Oh, yeah. Which sort of, like, was a family you know family favorite uh what what was that like getting to tour with a band that you guys all appreciated growing up like that oh man that was a dream that was a dream come true uh yeah those that was the band that like my that me my brother and my dad kind of like bonded over like my dad they were on the same label and Switchfoot was always this kind of like the runt of the family, the the label family. And my dad always mm. championed this band. And I remember getting their uh, beautiful letdown, like pre-release um, sent by the label. And my dad was like, guys, you got to hear this. And I remember, I still remember going to school and being like, hey, do y'all know who Switchfoot is? And and all of my friends being like, no. And I was like, you will. <laughs> After <laughs> When this album comes out, you will. And sure enough, you know, that was on the heels of of some success and then that album just blew blew them up um so yeah. to be you know that was that marks such a epic moment of life you know of and so many great nostalgic memories have switchfoot songs accompanying them um and so to go out on the road you know there's the saying never meet your heroes 
that does yeah. not apply for the Switchfoot boys. Those guys are everything and more, <laughs> you know, that you you would want your heroes to be, you know. Um, just good people, uh, you know, good making great music, you know. Um, yeah. So I was literally, me and my brother were on a text thread with John, uh, the lead singer, last night just because re- we would release songs on the same day. And their songs, nice. their songs called Fluorescent. And our song we released was called Lights On. I was like, hey, man, must have been surfing the same brainwave, you know? Like, if with our powers <laughs> combined, we've we've created a super song called Fluorescent Lights On. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know, <laughs> just fun dad jokes flying all over the place. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best kind of text threads right there. Indeed. That's it. Well, now, you and your brother, I, I saw you post sort of a appreciation post there. I think it was on your, your brother's birthday, but it caught my eye there uh, that you guys had an early band, Two oh, yeah. Car Garage. Yes, sir. G- give me a little behind the music on Two Car Garage. Oh, How man. did that Two uh, Car Garage come together? How was it? That was the... I mean, we're still chasing that band name. That was the best band name ever, and we should have just stuck with it. <laughs> My we yeah I mean from the from kindergarten pretty much we wanted to like be in a band so at one we'd always be in our basement playing and just putting on shows and we'd give our family flashlights so that it felt like we were you know under moving lights and and we would introduce ourselves and we were trying to come up with a band name and my mom my at the time my brother was missing his two front teeth and she was like uh. She was like, you should be two-car garage because that's what it looks like in Will's mouth. Uh, <laughs> and we we're like, yeah. Heckling that, Will. Come on now. That's so punk rock. And <laughs> so two-car garage. And then we our, 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 you know, we recorded a song called Football in the Air, which was our hit mm. single to ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> about playing football uh, with each other out in the yard. That's That was the content. So, deep it's deep it was deep it was personal it was what i was going <laughs> it was what i was going through at the time you know it's a real think piece i like it yeah. i like it well was there has there ever been uh a time in your career that you you haven't played with your brother do you know any like touring without will mm, not i don't think so uh i'm trying to think there's been some times where i've been like a special guest on a tour where I was like, uh, like kind of came out for a week or two and, and was kind of just singing, you know, like singing a, one part of a show. Um, yeah. Uh, where Will wasn't there, but, um, no, actually I don't really, I don't, we, we've done, we're only 16 months apart. So like the, yeah. all growing up, he always played up, uh, you know, up in age in sports with me. So my mom could just take us to one game you know smart thing on her part <laughs> yeah uh and we were just always the chapman brothers that was kind of like we've always just been known as a pair you know so uh yeah even even in music it feels it feels that way it feels like we're kind of at least at this point in our lives uh stuck together which has worked out so far. Yeah, well, you guys don't seem like the brother duos like like Liam and Noel Gallagher or like nope. Rich and Chris Robinson. It, nope. it looks like there's 
with you guys, it looks like there's more good times than like fights. Yeah, is that fairly accurate? It's fairly accurate. There was there. Were, I think a lot of the tension was in the early days, and that's yeah. when, that we we got a lot of our fighting out in like when we were real young, uh, like just getting on the road. Yeah. That's when it felt like um, yeah. it, it, we had a few like kind of knockout, you know, knockdown, dragout fights where it's like. Hey, if we're gonna keep doing this, we shouldn't do this because I'd rather be brothers than <laughs> than be in a band together, you know. Um, so once yeah. we once we kind of like figured out what those buttons were, you know, and how you know what I don't know. I it, it is it's been a lot healthier, and it's always been I think in the grand scheme of things pretty healthy. But um, yeah, you've got to just be willing to kind of surrender some stuff and meet in the middle if you, you, you if you want it to work yeah usually when you get older you you learn too how to not not keep pressing the wrong buttons right. you realize okay back off yeah okay yeah back, you know that's that that let's not go down that road again okay let's so you guys started out as a trio uh and you switched your name to colony house which I saw was it was a condo complex it was. in Franklin that you guys had all lived in. That's right. Um, if I'm moving to Franklin, would you recommend the Colony House? Huh. Depends on what season of life you're in. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's not it's not a bad spot. We're not talking uh, the Ritz or anything either. You know. Uh, okay. It's pretty. It's a good little you know starter. Get your feet. Under okay, your so place. if you're in your like twenties, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, it's, it's pretty. It, I mean, you can walk to downtown Franklin, which is pretty awesome. That's a huge perk. So um, yeah, we did some good work on our apartment to to make it you know feel homey and and it was not that way when we moved in. Had some work to do, <laughs> but it it was it was a good I, spot. I looked for some reviews, no Google reviews on Colony House. So yeah. I think you should go on and give it a five star review and just say makes for a great band name. Absolutely. I think you should. Absolutely. That's a good one. I should. That would be a great, a great Yelp uh, review. <laughs> so uh, you guys were, you were a trio for six years and then you bring in Park. Uh, now, I feel like it can definitely be like tough when you bring in another member when you've sort of been going through a process for like that long w was it easy to to assimilate park into the group and like you know why 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 did you want to bring him into the group uh great question uh you know park what was a fill-in at the end of a tour for um a friend of ours who was playing bass he was getting married mm -hmm. and so park came and and filled in and was and did an awesome job uh mm -hmm. and you know fit the vibe as far as just like he could hang in the van which is a huge plus when you're close quarters with with those people for so long he was yeah super helpful super willing to just kind of go with the flow which you also have to be willing to do and then he you know he made us better so our mm. whole rule as far as ever adding someone to the band was like, okay, the only reason we had add someone to the band is if they, you know, obviously kind of get the, the bigger picture and kind of what we're going for and fit the, the uh, you know, fit the spirit of the band. 
but also they have to elevate us it has to make us better otherwise Mm -hmm. then we can just hire people out for that you know uh and park we felt like park really did he like took us to another level um and so we asked him and and we were like we kind of it was like we dated for a while and and dated very healthy and slow (laughs) and we're like man (laughs) it's on your terms you tell us you can keep playing for us how you know at whatever capacity you want but uh whenever you're ready if you want to join this thing you just say the word and we'll make it happen so after about a year or so of of kind of touring and and getting a feel for it he officially joined the band nice now now you mentioned you mentioned uh that he filled in because of a marriage uh all four members of the band are married and have kids now yeah man uh now kids uh, uh, now marriage is one thing but kids that's that's a whole nother thing i feel like being parents that how's that changed the dynamic uh, of the band it's just made us uh a lot more time aware <laughs> like mm. we're not gonna be going in uh the, the glory days of just being like yeah just show up whenever you show up and we'll leave whenever we leave it's like hey guys i've really gotta you know i can be there at nine <laughs> and i need to leave by three because my kid has to go to the dentist <laughs> or something yeah you know? uh it's just it honestly it feels normal i don't know i guess we it, it doesn't nice. feel we've been building this slowly and surely you know and there's never been this huge like pop-off moment where it's like all of a sudden you know colony house is at the top of every chart and you know yeah gotta be on every single talk show at every single moment we haven't lived that life you know it's just we have been able to kind of uh do things on our terms and that you know, family is first for sure. That's like rule number one with Colony House. Is like as soon as something starts feeling unhealthy, you, you know, if you don't remove yourself from the road, we'll remove you from it. <laughs> you know, like you need to go take care of yourself and your family uh, if that is in jeopardy. You know, we don't we don't want to be, you know, we don't want the band to be the reason for for something uh, being out of sort at home. You know. Life will happen. Life yeah. will throw curveballs, but the band is there to support, you know, support what's happening at home. That's way more important than what's, you know, what's happening on the road. Nice. Now, now out of the out of the four of you guys, who's the strictest dad? Ooh, I don't know. I I mean, I've got the oldest kid, so I feel like I, maybe mm. I've I've had to start parenting a little bit more, but. I don't know. I actually don't. That's a. I, I, we need to discuss this. I am not a very strict parent. <laughs> I don't think I am. I also have pretty chill kids. Um, but no, that's good. Yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that. Okay. Um. Well, what about coolest dad? Who's the coolest? Well, shoot. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Okay, <laughs> okay. We'll get we'll ten, tentative. Caleb, coolest dad, most most embarrassing 
Who do you think? Oh, man. Who's going to be that guy that in the band that when his kids go into like high school, they're going to hide under their hat like, oh, God. Oh, man. I've, He's going to do something goofy. Park is a goofball. He is a straight goofball. So I can imagine he'll be great at that. Yes. Um, yes. He will be a great goofball Im- dad. Improper dad jokes at the wrong times, dancing when he shouldn't, totally. laughing at things he shouldn't. Nice. Yeah. That like I mean it. that could be my brother. He 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 likes I am usually having to like tell my kids not to say the thing that Uncle Uncle Willie taught them. So <laughs> like nope, that's not appropriate. You cannot say that. Uncle Willie said it. Yeah, well, Uncle Willie is a bad influence. Don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, everybody needs an Uncle Willie in their life, though. No that's that's definitely necessary. You have to have that that uncle. It's for sure, for sure. Uh, so you guys, you guys have released a really good amount of music in the last a couple, you know, a year and a half, really, the pandemic, and right before it, uh, you released your last full album there, uh, Leave What's Lost Behind, right, sort of, you were in the middle of the tour, yeah, and you were one of these b- bands that was literally, I mean, you had 17 shows under your belt, and then you had to cancel the last of the shows, yeah, I was thinking, I mean, you know, when you look at it, the tour name works perfectly. I mean, leave what's lost behind. Like, <laughs> right. it works perfectly. But, like, how like how long did it take you to adjust? Because I've asked this question to a lot of people, and, like, some bands were just, like, the day after they canceled, it was like, here's what we're going to do. And then some just sort of sat around for two weeks going, what happened? What do we do yeah i think we were maybe in between all of maybe in between that like you with us being in tour mode that's we were immediately looking at rescheduling the tour at first it was well we'll finish them out in the summer this can't last more than a couple months you know and then obviously Mm -hmm. it was like well maybe the fall uh let's just go ahead and push it to next fall you know um (laughs) and so there were logistic things for us that we had to figure out getting people refunded and like Oh my gosh, we just ordered half a tour's worth of merch. What are we going to do with all this, yeah. you know? Um, that kind of stuff was first for like just handling that, making sure all the crew guys were taken care of, you know, go, you know like so many things changed for people um pretty quickly. Yeah. Um so that kept us busy at first and then it got into that stall out like what are we gonna do for the next who knows how long and that's where i just tried to start like putting together what the first kind of inspiration kick was from our sound our front of house um engineer sent us a few songs that he had mixed from the tour that we were just that just got canceled and he was like, hey, I just put yeah. these together. I don't know if you'd want to use them for anything. And they sounded great. So we were like, let's put out a live album for all the people that didn't get to hear this tour. Um, yeah. So that immediately started like filling our space and our time. And then I started working on this like documentary uh, that like covered the making of Leave What's Lost Behind up until kind of the shutdown and how we're coping Mm -hmm. with it and it had footage from live it had footage from us filming the music videos and going on this trip out west you know in our van to capture all this um 
Yeah. And became this kind of adventure documentary that we ended up sh- like premiering at that drive-in show that you referenced earlier. Um, yeah. So, so that took, that became like one of the biggest projects I've ever done in my life. I'd spent all summer editing and putting this together. Um, and so that was pretty much all, all you as far as like the actual videos. Yeah. Yeah. For the, yeah. Piecing it together. Um, I just diving, cool. diving through hard drives and, um, I've, you know, I've, I've directed a lot of our music videos or co-directed them at least. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of the world, uh, it's kind of something I dabble in. So I was like, you know what? I don't know what else to do with my time right now. I, I, and <laughs> I think this could be something that like inspires people if I could pull it, pull it off, you know? Um, yeah. And so it was really cool. I, I mean, I, I, it was an endeavor for sure, but I, uh, it really turned into something special and um and yeah i mean well we've got i've submitted it for a couple like film festivals and stuff just to be like hey i wonder if this people outside of uh our kind of sphere would think this is cool so time will tell if if it's actually good or not you know yeah uh, you know you put it out there you enjoyed it that's Absolutely. all that counts anyways it was, it was definitely a special thing for uh, for us and for our our fan base, you know. For sure. Well, would you say that was like your favorite thing that came out of the pandemic that you got to work on? Uh, yeah. I mean, that as as it pertained to that drive-in, it ended up we ended up playing two drive-in shows because they the first one sold out, and those were some of the most special Colony Al shows maybe that will ever happen, just because of the atmosphere and you know the circumstances, like. It felt like a, you know, a very socially distant group hug, you know, like everyone was just, you could f- feel like relief in the air of like, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. You know, that's like, it just felt yeah. like that. Just being in the same prox, you know, in the same area and, and kind of seeing this movie come together, uh, seeing this show come together. That was the biggest show we'd ever put on, um, it was wild, man. It was a really cool, uh, really cool thing to, to be able to yeah. accomplish in the middle of all this. Now, is that is that sort of where the the Colony House Live Volume One came out of? That's right. Like the ideas you're putting it together, you wanted to put the sort of soundtrack with it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it 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 probably is the other way a little bit where the songs. We're in like we're starting to come back from the tour. I was being sent them from our sound guy, and I was inspired enough mm-hmm. to be like, "These are really great. I could probably edit some footage, you know, to this and and like kind of use this as a diving board to jump off of." And then, um, you know, it was a that was a big project too because it was eighteen. I think we ended up mixing eighteen songs or something for that. So, yeah. Well, I, I noticed you also you uh, you guys put out during the the pandemic a couple of like uh, acoustic uh, performances, yeah. uh, which I I really love the the why even try uh, is fantastic oh, acoustic. Thanks, um, are you are you thinking about putting that out as like as part of like a you know album or EP or anything like that, or is it just going to be in the sort of video performance? We're not sure. We we do have a recorded version of that. 
of like a, a strip back wave and try. Um, nice. And we'll see when, it, you know, at some point those usually find their way out into the world somehow, whether it's like kind of like a <laughs> anniversary of the album or, um, you know, a, a special kind of fun release just to, you know, if we have been off the radar for a while or something. So, um, yeah, we'll see. The, the the lyrics and just your voice come through so good in that acoustic. Sounds so great. Thanks, man. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, the, speaking of, like, you know, finding its way out into the world there, that sort of seems like uh, what happened with your, your newest release that you just mentioned, uh, Lights On. Yeah. Because uh, I noticed, you know, you've been playing that in concerts since, like, 2017. That's right. Uh when did you guys record it and you know why did you decide this is the one we want to we want to put out there now man yeah i honestly can't remember when we first started recording that because it has been so long now um probably in 2017 we started recording it and at the time we were on rca and we sent in maybe a demo or something and it was it was kind of received mixed reviews like uh it's cool it's not really what we're interested in um and so it, <laughs> uh it got i mean more or less just kind of silenced by the label at that point um yeah and so we kind of just ignored it for a second we we kept playing it live because it worked so well uh yeah and kept working on the recording never really were in love with it never thought it really captured it and then with all the time we've had this year we were like man we need to dive back into that like our our fans keep asking for it and there's got to be something to that um yeah and so we spent we re, we went back with the producer that actually helped write it with us and spent about another week on just you know tweaking it a little bit we had stepped away long enough to get some perspective um yeah and it just felt like you know what we're never this is one of those songs that we've lived with for so long it'll never feel finished we just gotta let it go we gotta let it let it out so um nice so we just released it we just we were like you know what give the people what the people want you know yes and yes uh, it's received pretty i mean it literally has been out for less than 24 hours and so far people have seemed to enjoy it yeah, oh, for sure. It's uh, you know, I think it's it's one of those 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 big record labels. They're a downer sometimes. Sometimes you know, they can man. be a downer sometimes, and they're searching for things that uh, aren't there sometimes, or they're just not like you said. I mean, who knows your fans better than you guys? Yeah, and you you heard them, and so like I mean, I I think it's one of those things, especially and that you. Lights on is for the for the real deal fans, you know, the That's ones right. that have obviously been coming out to the shows. That, totally, that know it and they want to hear it again. They want to relive the moment in their in their rooms. So totally, uh, definitely a good jam. Thanks, uh, man. I love I love the build up in it. It's Appreciate a good song, it. man, for Thanks, sure. Dude. Um, well, uh, for the listeners, what else can they expect? Is there any no, uh, more new music in the second half of 2021, or are we just gearing up, practicing, getting ready for those uh, performances? There is more, without revealing too much, there is more new music coming. Mm-hmm. There's more m- new music okay. coming. 
it's that's what's been cool about this whole season is like you've just been a we've we've been able to hold things a little looser because you're like you know what i don't know what tomorrow holds i don't know what it's going to be like you know like it has mm-hmm. helped make decisions a little less uh intimidating you know it's like we don't have to put so nice. much stock in this let's just have this is music let's have fun with it you yeah know? So that's helped us kind of not take it so seriously. I think in a healthy way. Obviously, we care. We care greatly about the songs we're putting out there, but um, also it's been a freeing kind of season, you know. But the listeners know there's more Colony House coming. I think so. If all goes according to plan. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Caleb, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Awesome. Listeners, you can check out all things Colony House at colonyhousemusic.com. You can follow them on Instagram at Colony House or stream all of their music on all the platforms. Right now, let's take a listen to that newest single, Lights On, right here on the Doc G Show. That got hung up on a search for a thrill Or something to feel If I'm in the way, tell me to move But can we have a conversation where we're making it about what's true Let me tell the truth to you I thought I heard the Oh
Here on the Doc G Show, you just heard Colony House, and you just heard me talking to the lead singer of Colony House, Caleb Chapman. That's right. Thank you to Caleb Chapman and Colony House for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Some good tunes there. That was Lights On. Good jam there. Uh, Gotta say, guys. While I was listening to that jam, I had to go back, check, make sure, check with the facts there. Uh, When I said Bishop Gunn, it was Bishop Gunn. I wasn't thinking crazy, but they actually didn't recommend that restaurant. I didn't actually ask them what would be the best restaurant to eat in Leaper's Fork. Hmm. They just mentioned that uh, that that restaurant had opened there. Yeah. They said they brought it up because uh, they played in a stadium that was built in 1892, and that's the restaurant's name. Boom. There you go. Surreal. It was, it was really cool, man. Just the whole building. The And that was one of the towns we actually got to, like, spend a day into. Like, a lot of it was just traveling, travel days and whatever. So, Do you know that, that arena was built in 1892? 1892. Speaking of numbers. Yeah. More days. It's funny because there's a restaurant in Leaper's Fork that just opened up called 1892. Nice. And that's the only reason I remembered that. <laughs> Go check out the uh, the uh, interview, guys. It's a fantastic one. Back at the start of 2020, such a good time. Came down here, hang out, hung out in the studio. Good stuff, but also good stuff there with uh, Caleb. Very interesting, very fun to talk to. Had a great time. Thank you for coming on the show, Caleb. Make sure you go and check out all of Colony House's music. You can stream it anywhere, like I said earlier. Just check out all of that stuff. Good stuff right there. Uh, let's go on to... Our last birthday suit. Now, this one would also be tough like Alan Turing, but I've mentioned this this lady before on the show. We actually had a whole segment dedicated to this lady. So I think you should know her. At least the regular should know her. So here we go. I'm giving you a 30% chance on this one. Born in St. Bethlehem, Tennessee on June 23, 1940. She was the 12th of 22 children her father had. She suffered from numerous diseases before the age of five, including pneumonia, scarlet fever, and polio. Jeez. The doctor said she would never be able to walk again after the polio, but with consistent help from her family and hard massage therapy treatments, she learned how to walk without a brace. Not only did she learn how to walk, but she became one of the fastest runners in the world. 
She ended up running in the 1956 Olympics at the age of 16 and won a medal in the 4x100 relay. She ended up getting a scholarship to Tennessee State University and participating in the 1960 Olympics, where she won the gold in the 100 meters, the 200 meters, and the 4x100 meter dash, all at the age of 20. Astonishingly, she decided to retire from track and field at the age of 22, saying she had already accomplished what she had set out to do. Just just left it. Just boop, done. Right? Around the same time, she actually started dating Muhammad Ali. That was for a really short time. And uh, after that, she went on to teach for the rest of her life, retired from track and field, and just went teaching. Sadly, she was diagnosed with brain cancer in 1994 and died a year later. But she is still considered one of the greatest track athletes of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Like I said, we, we talked about her on the show before. You guys should already know I am talking about the one, the only, Wilma Rudolph. Yeah, man. Wilma could blaze, man. She was a beast on the track. Just so fast. Unbelievable. And then just stop. Just stop it at 20 years old, even though she had won three gold medals. She could probably have done that three more times. She could have came away with nine gold medals. It would have been insane. Just She would have been on Usain Bolt levels of gold medal winning, but she just stopped. Anyways, happy birthday to Wilma. She would have been uh, 81, 81 today. So happy birthday, Wilma. Shout out to you. Uh, guys, I want to tell you about the fantastic shows we've got coming up. We've got some great ones. Trust me. We've got the artist Flurry coming in. She's going to talk to us next week. I can't wait to talk to her. She's got some fantastic shows. It's going to be some good stuff right there. Um, we've also got the fantastic Sam Tenez coming on. Oh, my gosh. Such a good artist, too. Both of them are coming on one week after the other. Can't wait to talk to both of them. But until next week, guys, we got to wrap it up. So until next week, I will see you. I've been your host, Doc G. And as always, zip it up and zip it out. Oh, 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 oh,